And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Civilized Barking. I'm Zach Jackson. He is Jason Boyd. I am in First Energy Stadium laughing hysterically at 1, 2, 3, 13 um, fully grown gentlemen trying to remove the sideline marker tarp um, with the wind blowing 40 miles an hour in their face. Um, that kind of day here, uh, the Browns flattest can be. Um, Jason, I forget where it was that I worked, but one one time around this year, I got a memo from what we all did from an editor that said, you never write good team, good time for a bye week. That's a given. It's as trite, it's cliche as can be, and it's just something you never do. It's silly. Well, it's a good time for the Browns bye week because they're out of dudes. They're out of functional body parts. Um, they used up a lot of their momentum and probably good luck in Cincinnati. And, you know, they limped to the finish today. The Raiders needed the game. The Raiders dominated most of the game. The Browns blew some chances, no doubt. But that's what you do when you are you go through the motions. And um, it's disappointing, you know, certainly with, with the way the Browns played in the first half to have a chance to be 6-2, and two, to have a home game against a Raiders team that also hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time and not get there. But it's just who the Browns are. They're just okay. Um, the defense is beyond terrible and can't get off the field. And, you know, they're just not consistently good without Nick Chubb. It's consistently great in any one area. So they miss some chances. They play an overall flat game. And, you know, it's not that the good vibes are gone, right? But, like, what can you pos- possibly positively say about that performance we just saw? That it's over. Thank God it's over. That was a hard game to watch. And I, I watched it from the comfort of my couch. I've declared there's no reason for me to go back to the stadium ever again under COVID rules. So I stayed home and watched it from home. Zach, they have not forced a punt since the Steelers game. That no, is the, the Raiders punted today, didn't they? No. <laughs> no. I'm, but I, now you've got me paranoid to go back and look. I don't think that they did. Early on in the game, I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, they did. You're right. I'm just sorry. one, just one in two weeks. Yes. Daggone it! You just <laughs> messed up my whole. All right, we got to start over. No, no we don't got to start don't. over. But but let's... <laughs> I do have something for you. Um, What's that? I'm a professional, right? In quotes or not, but I'm going to be um, a Twitter troll here. Jason Lloyd, who said the Browns were okay without Odell Beckham. What do you have to say for yourself, sir? No, wait a minute. I said <laughs> I said it's foolish to say that they're better off without him that Baker has better chemistry with some of these other guys, but it's foolish to say that they're a better team without him. And boy, it didn't take long to see that. I I actually thought that today at different points of like, man, this is one of those chances where one of those games where just get the ball in his hands and see if he can make something happen. And we've seen that with them before. We even saw that last year when Freddie didn't know what to do with him. We'll just throw a screen pass to him and just get the ball in his hands, put two blockers in front of him and see if he can make something happen. 
because th- there is with no Nick Chubb and with no Odell, there is no home run threat uh, on this team. I mean, Land- Jarvis Landry's a great receiver, but I don't think he's a guy that at least I don't consider he's going to score from anywhere on the field. No. Um, and, and, and we really saw that today really in, in tough weather, difficult to move the ball. And, and we saw that play out, but man, the, the defense, I just kept watching it. And I can't believe I missed the punt because I thought, Oh my God, this is two weeks in a row that they haven't allowed a punt. <laughs> well, I, you had me confused for a minute. Cause I, I know it was early because I, I noted it, but you know, um, the Browns only had six possessions today. That's the lowest total in an NFL game in 30 years or so. Wow. They only ran 35 plays in the first 55 minutes of the game. And, yeah, that's not extending drives, right? That's that's part of it. The Njoku's drop sticks out. Jarvis, yep. Jarvis gets killed in the last one, but he has two, including the one for a touchdown that he normally catches that. And he did catch the one for the touchdown. He just didn't finish the catch. It hit the ground right at the wrong time, right, as he tried to bring it in. Um, but Derek Carr throws 24 passes at an average of 4-7 a pop. Wide open guys over the middle. That's where you attack the Browns, right over the middle, right? Right at the short and intermediate range. Everybody in the world knows it's coming. And that's what they did. And they just sustained the drives. 854 and 847 on the two Raiders drives in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we've talked all year about the back seven being an issue, but today the front four was a problem. Uh, Miles, you know, gets hurt early on. He's already banged up. You talked afterwards about all the injuries that he's sort of fighting right now, and you see the difference, a healthy Miles versus not healthy Miles versus Miles that's not even on the field and how it impacts this defense. They couldn't get off the field. On third down, third long, third short, it didn't matter. They couldn't get off the field. And, and you know, it, it, I was thinking it goes back to what we were talking about last week of you're not going to fix all of the holes on this team in one offseason. And really, I, I mean, we could spend a little bit of time on it. What with the trade deadline coming up, they're not going to fix all their holes and, and within the next week. It's just kind of, it is what it is. And you have to figure it out with some chewing gum and a coat hanger right now until you get to the off season. And I know that doesn't really help anyone right now who thinks Joe Woods is the worst defensive coordinator in the league. I don't think he is. I just think he doesn't have a whole lot to work with right yeah. now. No, he doesn't. And, and that's a good point. And look, like, you know, to the, the truth here is that the Browns are just okay. They're pretty good in some areas. They're decent in a couple, and they're really bad in some, right? And, and frankly, not only is that progress from past editions, but that's what about 75% of the league is, right? Um, you need to score more. You, you need to stop the short passing game because that's what everybody does to really take that next leap. But that's, that's you know, where they are and what they are. Um, Jason, the Raiders were 2 of 2 on fourth down, and they converted seven of their last eight third downs in this game. So – you, you know, you said it. You can't get off the field. Now, most importantly right now is that Miles Garrett got hurt. He came back in the game. He played maybe – I don't have the counts, but he played, you know, half of his normal workload was not him, his usual self. Right. Um, in the second half, he's going for an MRI. So, obviously, that's that's everything because if you don't have him – I mean, your only hope on defense all year long, right? Complimentary football is picking each other up. It's when you make a big play from the special teams or the defense, it's scoring. And frankly, the Browns have won some of their five games because when Miles specifically has forced a turnover, they've immediately gone and scored on it. And that's the winning formula. Well, today they turned it over. They couldn't force the turnovers. And then just conversion, 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 conversion. Um, You know, the facts are the facts. Two of your wins are against the Bengals. 
One's against the Washington football team. One's against the Cowboys, who are beyond an abomination. Um, pulled it out last week in adverse circumstances. Road division win. You never take that for granted. You come back today, and your quarterback doesn't have a, a good day. Now, that happens, and it's going to happen because Baker's not a franchise quarterback. Um, he's, he's just not. So, you know, I, just okay for right now, what I'm trying to say is okay. Um, but I, I, I like how you alluded to just kind of trying to make these pieces fit and at the halfway point and in the second half, like understand your flaws and, and just get there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Can you imagine if they lost that game last week? Like, think about how significant that comeback was. First of all, a comeback win on the road in the NFL is always a big deal. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. But the difference between, not only the difference between 5-3 and three and 4-4, four and four, but the difference between five and three and coming off a lousy game in bad weather versus four and four and riding a three game losing streak, yeah. what what the reaction would be and, and the doubt that would inevitably creep in on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of success and, and doesn't have a whole lot of track record and experience with winning four and four in a three game winning streak versus five and three is a huge difference. It is. It is. Um, and like I said, every win means something. Right, and, and the Browns are very much in the growing and evaluating stage. Um, I'm not going to speak for anybody here, and, and I hope it's sometime during the bye week we'll hear from Andrew Barry. But you got to think they knew the defense would be the weaker part, but maybe not this week, right? Because why would you have trotted those guys out there, you know? And offensively, they they've been hit and miss. Um, but but you said it like the two guys that can score touchdowns anytime have not been here. Nick Chubb will be back. We don't know exactly when or when he'll be back to full speed or if he'll be back to full speed. But Odell's not coming back in four in offense today. I mean, the left tackle had a bad day, right? Kareem is clearly not 100%. He played well. He did not have any explosive runs. This is a Raiders defense that had, had become one of eight in history to give up at least 24 over each of its um, first six games. It had been bad. 
bottom of the league in every pass category and generating pressure and all of those things. And, you know, the elements had something to do with it, Jason, but you have to be better on third down and you have to be able to challenge teams down the field or they're going to creep up and make life really, really tough on you. 11 targets for Jarvis today, only four catches. You don't see that very often. Yeah. And nobody else had more than three targets the rest of the way down. And, again, that goes back to the Odell factor. Uh, outside of Jarvis, I don't know who the huge threat is that is really going to scare you. This is a huge opportunity, obviously, for Donovan Peoples-Jones to to kind of emerge and show. But that they were belongs. playing Kaderil Hodge over him today. So Yeah. So what does that tell you about what they think of, of DBJ? Uh you know, I'm just looking down the list here. Harrison Bryant, three targets. Njoku, three targets. Huge drop for Njoku. He is what he is at this point. You come to expect that almost from him. Zach, you and I have said a hundred times, throw it 10 feet over his head and he'll go make the catch every time. Hit him right in the hands and he's going to drop it. And what a, what a huge drop today. And really a momentum swinging. When you consider that, you consider the, the Landry in the end zone, which that's a tough play. You know, can, can you say that he's got to make that play? I suppose, but that's a... It was a great throw, just a, a really tough catch he's got to make. And then on the flip side, uh, Renfro from the Raiders, a terrible camera angle, just terrible. If there's a better shot of that, I think that gets overturned. We saw just enough wiggle on that, that if you could see it conclusively, decisively, that's probably coming back. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, what a bizarre thing. Three touchdown reviews in the same game, right? Two of them called yep. touchdown, one not, all in the same end zone. And two of them negated in that one stance, right? Like, you you can call that bad luck. You you, you can. Um, you know, I, I thought on Henry Ruggs, I thought he just didn't pay. He was wide open. I just thought he didn't pay attention to make sure that he got his That's feet exactly down. exactly it. Yep. And then and Jarvis goes and gets that. And I'm glad you mentioned camera angle because, to me, I'm watching it in fast motion. It's actually at the corner of the stadium where I sit. I thought clear touchdown. I thought what a catch by an incredible football player. And then you yeah. see the first replay, and it's just where he puts it down happens to be right where that camera's focused, right? And yep. it was right in, in the finishing mode where, where you would be, and they overturn it. And then that one stands. Um, yeah. Like I said, it, it comes down to the 854 and the 847 drive. Um, here's the chart of the Raiders' third down tries in the second half. You ready? Converted. Converted. Hunter Renfro touchdown. Converted. Miss at the one-yard line. Then you take the delay and you kick the field goal and they go up 10. 37 minutes, 43 seconds, time of possession. The Raiders converted seven of their last eight third downs, both of their fourth downs. They only had the ball three times in the second half. Touchdown, field goal, time expired. I, I have no words. That, that's <laughs> unbelievable. And and I, I guess I didn't realize the extent of it. You can tell by watching it, man, they, they just can't, they can't get the ball and they can't hold on to the ball when they have the ball. But when you lay it out like that, I mean, and, you know, part of it is I think every team has bad games like this, particularly when the weather's this bad. It's to be expected. Every team's going to have a clunker or two along the way. Um, it's just it's disappointing that it's coming right before the bye week. Uh, when you were going in, like you said, you had a chance to build a lot of momentum. You had a chance to be six and two. I just wonder, I, I still, you know, to me, the Browns are a playoff team. They're going to the playoffs. I absolutely believe that. But, you know, now the Raiders are four and three. And you wonder if this is a, a game that could come back on them late in the season if you're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, it, it, it could. Uh, you know, beating the Colts w was big, but losing yep. this one, um, it could because – and the Raiders needed it, and I thought that coming in. Um, let me say this. For a positive 
and I'm glad you mentioned this with the one to Jarvis, where Baker's been really good all year is in the red zone, right? And they, they didn't connect there. He got drilled, but that was where it needed to be. And when you get to the red zone and you score, that's that's how you win. That is often the separator of these close games, right? Whether you get seven or you settle for three. So that's a positive. But Baker after the game, and again, I'm not picking on him. He said, you know, we're we're five and three, but we're pissed off because we could be better. And, and I just, I don't think so. You had two games where you completely got run off the field, right? You right. had a little adversity in the Washington game, finished big and won. You had a, Played really well for two and a half, three quarters against the Colts. He finished big and won. Last week, you don't force a punt against the Bengals, but you find a way to win. And then today, you have your first clunker against anybody but the Ravens and the Steelers. Like, five and three sounds right to me. And like you said, you should be happy. I mean, the Browns are an okay football team. They're a little bit above average on offense. Maybe average without the guys that they didn't have today or below average. On defense, they're really bad. They have two standout players. You hope they're both healthy going forward. But, like, yeah, right now, Sunday night, everything kind of tastes like crap, the, the post-game dinner. But 5-3 and three to me, they're not better than 5-3. and three. They should think they're lucky stars they're 5-3. and three. No, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, again, let's go back to before the season. If I told you before the season, hey, at the break, Nick Chubb's going to have missed, what are we at, three games now? OBJ's out for the year. Uh, Wyatt Teller's hurt, although we had no idea before the season Wyatt Teller was going to be as good as well, he sure. But But you know where I'm going with that. And, oh, by the way, they're going to be 5-3 and three in the break. You would take that every single time. Yeah. I mean, and add to that list, Olivier Vernon's first two sacks today. Yep. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, Teller is singled out as the guy that a lot of people thought was the one unsettled job, and now all of a sudden he's playing like a pro. But think about this offensive line. Rookie left tackle who's never played the position. Pay a big money right tackle who's never played here. Come in, tell her as a you know, part-time starter for two years with two different teams. Like the O-line played great early in the year. It it hasn't. You know, the Browns were have rolled on offense when they have run the ball. The offensive line has kicked ass, and that's opened up everything else. Today the offensive line did not kick ass. The Browns ran the ball just okay. The Browns did not sustain anything, and they scored six points. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So who is what, – what do you think the odds are that Chubb's back after the break? Well, um, the first game after the break, two weeks from today, would be exactly six weeks, which was the timetable. So do I think – and, I, you know, I'm certainly not a doctor. Do I think he's 100% then? No, but, like, he's the kind of guy that I was surprised you could even hurt him in the first place, right? Right, right. You know, Stefanski's been asked about it a couple of times. He's said on schedule, encouraged, whatever, no details – and even when we hear from Chubb, he's not a guy that answers any questions or has more than three words to say about anything. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance that you get him at, at or near full speed for at least the last six games. If you have him, that's what I'm saying, you could possibly have him for the final eight, but comes back, plays his way back into shape and full speed, maybe is on a little bit of a pitch count the first game or two, and then then you kind of let him loose. And, um, you know, Teller will be 
more than a month by the time they play again. So that should be good to say that he he's recovered from his. Um, Kareem needs time. Jarvis needs time. The quarterback needs time. The tight end had a appendectomy, right? So he's going to need that time. Like personnel wise, and again, my, this Miles thing hangs over everything. I'm not going to downplay it. It's just silly for us to do too much on it right now without knowing. But personnel wise, outside of Odell, like you have a chance to be more than okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't even know where to take it right now. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> the Browns are just okay. We've established that, right? Yeah. Um, can you, uh, look, we can make, sit here and make a case that they're going to be okay. We can't sit here and make a case that they're going to be better than okay. But it sets up for them to make the playoffs. It sets up for them for a team that had all these new pieces and these young pieces and has never been in this position before. A year ago this weekend, they lost to freaking Brandon Allen, and Jermaine Whitehead got cut the next day for tweeting death threats from his full uniform in the locker room. They've yep. made progress, right? So just okay to me is progress. Spotlight the next 48 hours on the GM, who's done an okay to good job, you know, pretty good, really good in the short term, but it's about the long term. Does he make a move? Does he think something can be fixed here? Does he give up? future assets to fix this defense now, knowing the Browns are going to be playing in playoff-type games and get evaluated on those games. You know, the Ravens lost today, Jason, and they lost Ronnie Stanley. Um, second play, well, first of all, the Browns are tied or, or only a game off the Ravens, but, like, you know, you could – there's opportunities is what I'm trying to yeah. say. The Titans yeah. lost to the Bengals today. Like That was amazing. Yeah. Like, there's opportunities for you to – Finishes the five or six team in the AFC, and and say, hey, like if we can fix a few things, we we're we're in good shape. How do you evaluate the linebackers at this point? <laughs> they have linebackers. <laughs> Has any of them emerged to you to think, okay, this is a guy they can use going forward? I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because here's what's maddening about today. And again, this is just watching it one time. This is not having any snap counts or any insight on anything else from a rewatch or from what was said. Derek Carr is not some dynamic chuck-it-down-the-field quarterback to start with, even before you have 45-mile-an-hour wins, right? So, like, what they did is what he does and what they were clearly going to do. You know, they have a really unique tight end who's big and fast, faster than a lot of receivers and, you know, 230 pounds and 6'6". He's unguarded on the first drive of the game. He drops the ball. It costs him seven points. Yep. But, like, all day long, what are they going to do? They're going to throw short passes. Hunter Renfro, after his nine years at Clemson, that's what he does for the Raiders. He runs three-yard patterns and comes back to the ball. He caught four passes in the in the game's only touchdown. Like, that's what's maddening about the defense, whether it's on the coordinator, the linebackers coach, or the linebackers themselves. They're not good enough. They're not good enough personnel-wise. But, like, did you really expect that Derek Carr was going to do anything else? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Raiders were, I, I think they were converting 50% on third down coming into the game. So you, 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 you knew going in that this is a team that gets itself in position efficient on third down. I, I just, I mean, I look at, I, I had higher expectations for Mac Wilson than what he's shown. Taki Taki blew a tackle today, had a clean shot at a guy, tackle for a loss, ran right by him. And it's, it's the little things like that, that I look at. And, and I don't know that they, you know, I would like to sit here and say, Hey, go pick up one linebacker in the draft, 
pick up one safety in free agency and you're good to go. I, I think it's a lot deeper than that. I, I think they could use a whole overhaul in the back seven outside of Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, greedy, we just haven't seen. The guy just can't stay healthy. I, I don't even know how you assess what you have in him when, when he yeah. can't get on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, I, I have to go back and watch, but I don't think the Raiders threw to Denzel today. I think it was a smart game plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and not having Miles be Miles is a part of that. But that's also the reality. Like, that cannot be your one saving grace. You know, you can argue all day about our turnover sustainable. Well, when you have a really good defense or you play a really bad quarterback, they are. But, like, you just can't count on one guy. I mean, look, that, that's the story of the season. This is why they're not better than five and three. In five games, Miles Garrett has made a game-changing defensive play. In three yep. games, he is not. Yep. Simple set. All right, guys, we're talking in circles. Um, the deal is the bye week, we're mostly going to rest. However, with the trade deadline, if there is a move, we'll have a podcast. Uh, if we do hear from the GM and something big comes up, we'll have a podcast. Otherwise, this likely, well, this could be the only podcast of the week. Um, get back into it the following week. Everybody take a deep breath. Um, enjoy your time off. The Browns need it physically, mentally um, to assess some things. I'll say this, Jason. I do trust that every evaluation and every trade call, whether they've taken it or made it, right, has been going on for weeks. And every discussion has been going on for weeks. Big picture look at things. Do we really need this guy? Will we give this guy up? Who is this in our plans? For once, I trust that those decisions have been well thought out and made and there will be no snap decisions made in the next 40 hours by the Cleveland Browns based on this or based on anything else. Can you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't see them giving up anything of real value for a short-term fix. We saw how they approach free agency. I would expect them to approach the trade deadline the same way. You know, I don't think they're going to give up a second-round pick on a guy whose contract is up at the end of the year. They're, they're just they're, – they're not looking at the short-term – they're looking to the long term, and and I think we've seen how far away they are still. That that's the right approach. To no, take. I think you said it right earlier. And and like it's it's week to week, not just reaction because it's a week to week business. Because guys get hurt, because teams figure you out, because teams play you differently, you match up, right? But like the fact is, big picture setup. If if you just said in August, Zach, we're gonna sit here on November first and say the Browns are five and three, headed to the back half of the schedule, and they're in pretty good shape. Like, I'd say, yeah, like everybody would sign up for that, right? So there it is. Disappointing day. Um, team showing signs of life. Team developing some strengths. And maybe finally they'll get it right this time. It's okay for the Browns to just be okay. Talk to you next time.